Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hello everyone, welcome back to part two of the Stompcast. Dr. Zoe and I are wandering in Crystal Palace. We've seen some, seen some dinosaurs, and no, we're not being rude about people. We've seen some actual... <laughs> Dinosaurs, they might be 400 years old, they might be 40, we have no <laughs> idea. We'll have to definitely Google that. Did you Google it, Abs? Did you find out how old the dinosaurs were? Oh, no, you didn't. What was that? Oh, yeah, is it the biggest park in London? No. no I don't think it will We've be. got all sorts of incorrect facts today, but fa- thankfully the medical stuff will be factual. So that's all right. <laughs> we're, all, we're all okay on that one. It's, it'll be okay. Let's start off um, the second part with, I mean, many people will know this anyway, but it's quite fun that you were... Indeed, a gladiator. <laughs> I how, was. how did you get into being a gladiator? Because that is uh, it's pretty epic. <laughs> so, first thing, it wasn't in the 90s when Gladiators was first on our screen. That was the kind I of, was only yeah. 16. Yeah, I remember uh, I watched it when it was kind of like when I was like six or seven. That was like in the prior, like the, the, the gladiator, original gladiator days. Oh, that shows how much older I am than you then. Anyway, we'll move on. We've talked about dinosaurs <laughs> already. Um, <laughs> um, but it came back on Sky in 2008 Eight and yeah, I yeah. just qualified as a doctor for yeah. medical school. Well, I went to med school in 2010 so it was only years. Yeah, yeah I had a few, I had a few yeah. years out before, fine, I went to, a few years in between A-levels and, and uni. That's a, a long story all in itself, yeah. maybe for another another episode, yeah. how I managed to wangle my We've way to med part, school. We've got another part, don't worry, we can do that one next. <laughs> um, so yeah, so I was a F one doctor I think when I first applied no I was an F2 doctor so second year out of medical school and gladiators came back on our screens and at the end of the first series they did the little shout out as they do do you fancy taking on our gladiators be a contestant blah 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 and my mate Shawzy who was a rugby player rang me up and said have you seen this you've got to apply you'll probably win it you should do it and I was like, well, you know, I'm a doctor now, though. I've got this serious job. It's my dream. You know, I don't want people to think I'm silly or whatever. He's like, Zoe, if you win it, and you probably will, um, you'll get a £10,000 prize. And I just kind of, like, started receiving my student. I self-funded through uni, so I had a very large student loan bill to pay back. So as fickle as it was, that was ultimately the reason. I think it's a great I, reason. Uh, <laughs> yeah. A great reason, and like, go and go and do such an awesome competition, or like yeah, and, yeah. and also get some money out of it. That's not bad. Exactly. Thing, is it? So so applied to be a contestant, went along to the audition and everything. What did you have to do in the audition? Like climb things, throw things. So I think I think there were maybe about ten different stations, and each station tested a different skill. So it was strength, agility, speed, stamina. Yeah. Um, and then you got marked either 10, 5 or 1. So to give you an example, there was one called the crocodile crawl. Yeah. So they gaffer tape your feet together and you're laid on your belly and you have to pull yourself along using your arms. That's tough. To, on on these tough. sort of slightly spongy yeah. crash mats as yeah. well. Turn around and then come back. So that cool. was kind That's of tough. a... Strength that and stamina. That's to drag your uh, the whole body with your upper, <laughs> like with your shoulders, basically. That's tough. Yeah, and that was one way you'd see, especially with the men, you'd have these big, muscly, yeah. strong guys, 
and they go hell for leather, but then run out of steam and these sort of more sort of fit, but smaller so guys So was it beneficial really well. to be a better, but you didn't want to be too muscle heavy for that, then you needed the cardio and the muscle, a bit of both. Yeah, I think so. For being, for being a contestant, yeah, quite compact was good. Um, some of the other tests, there was like a little uh, assault course, how many pull-ups you could do in 30 seconds, I think. There was one called the medicine ball throw where you just had to be on your knees and throw a medicine ball, shuttle sprints. Pretty tough then, really. I mean, I loved it because that's kind of right on my... I played rugby at uni um, and after uni. So it was right up my street. I loved it. So I, I, I did quite well. And then they kept everyone who'd scored a certain score behind. And we all got invited into a room to do a two-minute interview on camera because that was kind of the fitness bit. If you pass that, they wanted the contestants to be interesting people and have an interesting story. And I was left right to the end. So I waited around for about two hours. And I went in to do my interview. And I was in there for 20 minutes. And they were asking me all these questions on camera, like, if you were a gladiator, what would your name be? And then at the end, they said, um, would you come back next week and audition again, but to be a gladiator? That's awesome. So, <laughs> so that's what I did. And then I, you know, I walked into the room, and there were all these Olympic athletes, mostly from athletics. I remember I had to duel against... Um, she was... You're having your hands like you had the... the yeah, I've got my hands like I did um, all the pugil sticks. Um, what do you call it? Pugil stick. Pugil stick, and you had to bash people with it. Yeah, so I had to do that against a woman who was... And I stood on the um, podium, you try not to fall off, isn't it? Yeah, but for, when we were doing it for the trial, it was just two circles drawn yeah. on the floor. Oh, okay, so push, you've got to try and push me <laughs> off so we had to. So we had to do that, and I remember she was a discus thrower for Scotland, and she was Tough, so much stronger strong. and bigger than me, but I don't know, I just had this fire in my belly. Anyway, at the end of the day, they'd narrowed it down to six of us, and they wanted two new gladiators, and we had to do a drama workshop, and that's where I was like, oh my god. So you probably love the first few things, then you yeah. have to do that. So that's kind of like, like the acting a little almost. Yeah. Got, it's kind of got that WWE esque of like. A little bit. It's yeah. performative, isn't it? As well, obviously yes. you're doing the actual thing, but you, you, you're, you're providing an energy on stage, aren't yeah. you? Yeah, so. well, your, your gladiator has a persona, yeah. which may match yours or may not. So mine was very, mine was really an exaggeration of myself. So that was quite, quite straightforward. But um, Shirley, for example, who played Battle Axe, like Shirley is... What was the old one called again? Amazon, you? I was Amazon. Amazon, yes, that's it, Amazon. But Shirley, Amazon, it, yeah. just the sweetest, loveliest Scottish girl, like really girly. When there were no cameras, she was like doing cartwheels and, and she had to play this role of Battle Axe, who was a oh, yeah, Battle Axe, more, essentially, yeah, exactly. a real evil... Um, and she really hated having to do that, but she did a great job. Um, so yeah, so the gladiators do have a, a character, so you had to prove that you had that element of, um, of being able to, Acting, to act a little bit, yeah. So anyway, we all passed that. So then they did the urine test, which I didn't know was going to come, where they got the same guys that did the Olympic urine test in, and I never knew that they have to watch the urine come out of your body. Makes sense. So I was, I was invited to go into the toilet for a week. I'd be there for five hours on stage try. <laughs> I'd be no good at that. I'd be like, I'd drop at the first hurdle, yeah. It was my turn. Invited into the toilet to have a wee, and you've got to squat so that they can actually see it coming out of your body. I was like, okay, Christ. this is intimate. You, think, um, you, you really wanted that 10 grand. <laughs> <laughs> so, so that was that. And then the wait came and then I got a phone call to say, yeah, how do you fancy coming down to London and done in Lycra for a few months. So That's so awesome. And how did you do it with the, how does it work with the um, hospital and stuff? So you were F1, F2 then, I guess. I was F2. So I took a year 
out. The only way I could really do it, because I needed to be in London for three months, um, was to take a year out. So I completed the, the second rotation. Yeah in F2 and then Went. took a year gap and then came kind back into the training you get program. Like often after the first two years, it's quite a good time usually to go off and do something else for a bit. Yeah. How do people react um, like around you in terms of like, you know, why aren't you going straight into training and things? I think the view has changed a lot now. I think med you know, medics often do kind of hybrid work where they might do yeah. part-time as a doctor and part-time something else or people go away and come back into training. But at that, that time was... Was it kind of like, why are you doing this? Are you going to come back? Or what's well, the plan? Are people cool with it? Well, it all had to be very secretive because I've been told yeah, that course, I've been given yeah. this job as a gladiator, but um, I was only allowed to tell my immediate family and that was it. So I just had to hand in my notice at work and, you know, serve my notice period. So I just, so I just handed in my notice that I'm leaving. So I got called into, you know, when you're a junior doctor, you have a, a clinician, a consultant, who's your sort of pastoral care person and then there's usually also a program director so I got called into a meeting with the both of them and they set up the like counselling triangle that we mm. do when we're having a three-way conversation and they were just sort of quizzing me as to what had gone wrong you know we've looked back through all your files and it seems like really? you were doing yeah it seems like you were doing fine there have been no <laughs> issues you know you haven't complained nobody's complained God, what about what did they say you. about me well, actually I know a lot of people say when I was going on Love Island but that's hilarious they were like are you okay is it your health um, and I said, look, so is I'm, this... I'm very fit, I'm going to be a gladiator, <laughs> you know what this is, man. <laughs> so I said, look, you know, is this, is this completely confidential, this meeting? They're like, of course. And uh, I said, I'm going to be a gladiator. And they're like, what? Anyway, they both, initially they were, I think, Oh, so they didn't relieved. know at that point, fine. So then they knew, okay, fine. So, so yeah, I told them like, in this meeting. Okay, okay, so I think okay. initially they felt relieved that yeah. it wasn't something, fine. Okay, I wasn't okay. ill. And then they got really excited. They were like, that's great. And my consultant said, oh, can you do a signed autograph for my kid? And, and they said, look, you know, we'll support you with this. Um, Nicole, she was called, she said, if you were taking a year off to have a baby or, yeah. you know, you, you did have a health issue or whatever else, then we would support you and... I don't feel that this should be any different. Mm. So, you know, it's an interesting time to have a career break in F2. But, yeah, you know, we'll make sure that we, uh, from our end anyway, we'll make sure you can come back here, complete your F2 training and just stay in touch. Um, so that was that. And I always thought, because I'd only be away for a couple of months doing Gladiators, then I was going to go back to Newcastle. I always thought I'd uh, do some locuming. In and is that where you were working at the time? Was Newcastle, yeah, I was in Newcastle, yeah. yeah. So I thought I'll do locoming for the rest of the year and then as an yeah, F2 sure, and yeah. then slot back in. But because the last job I was supposed to do as my last rotation for F2 was A&E, the consultant in charge wouldn't have me. He's like, no, because I sort of left them a doctor short, I suppose. They ah. only had a little bit of time. He wasn't very happy. Oh, I see. Um, but that was a blessing in disguise because then I thought, do you know what? I'm going to be a doctor for the rest of my life. There's no doubts about that. That's what I want to do. So I've now got an eight-month period where I can do whatever I want. Yeah. So, so I didn't do any work as a doctor. I, um, I set up a fitness boot camp with a pal, a rugby player called Spencer, and we started delivering um, fitness training in the park and then in the winter indoors, which was great, brilliant. And actually, you know, there's one lady who always sticks in my mind called Steph, and she'd had a horrific ski accident and she couldn't barely, she couldn't jog. Anyway, we worked mm. with her for six months and she was running a half marathon. And it kind of, this is where I think me wanting to 
be an advocate for physical activity sort of started to, well, not started, but that was a big part of it. And the other thing I did was I started going into schools to talk to teenage girls about health and fitness and trying to inspire them to be healthier. And that's where what's now a charity wasn't back then. That's where that began. So actually, I think in hindsight, you know, it was such a blessing that I wasn't allowed to go and work in A&E because it meant I got to do, I'd always wanted to do fitness as a career and I'd always wanted to work with children. So I got to experience that and then now, you know, incorporate that into the various different things that I do. It really shows though, doesn't it? And I kind of relate to quite a lot of that, although probably quite differently. Um, and not, I definitely wasn't being a gladiator on Love Island, but the kind of idea that sometimes when you just follow things, you know, I, they yeah. asked me to go on the show and I was like, oh God, I'm not going on then. And, and then eventually I was like, oh, you know, whatever, life's short, just go and do something different. Yeah. And I think some of life is actually being happy that you don't have to stay rigidly on a, spe yeah. a specific path the whole time. And actually you're kind of meandering through life teaches you so much stuff along the way. And if you totally. think about what you do now, both with your charity and the books that you write, so being on uh, this morning, everything that you do has all been benefited by everything you've done like being a gladiator taught you discipline yeah. <laughs> the benefits of, of exercise also a hard also exercise taught me how to negotiate the media because that was yeah exactly you know, that was a baptism, baptism okay yeah fire. exactly so i think it's all of those things that build its way through that helps you and, totally. and those experiences add to that and it's not just about medicine i think it's in life in general yeah. i think it, i'd say to anyone you know you know, obviously think about the reason why you're, you're doing things and, you know, consider, you know, don't just randomly quit your job and disappear off to Australia unless you thought about it, you know, try yeah. and, you know, think about the reason you want to do something. But if you have, like, a gut feeling that I want to give this a go or it's an exciting opportunity, yeah, why not? You've got to live. You only get just one life, yes. don't you? JFDI. Yeah. You know what that stands for, don't Wait, you? say it again. JFDI. Just do... Just something do it. Just out, oh, okay, yeah, 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 okay, you can say it with yeah, yeah. But, just but go that's for it, right. yeah, I think absolutely. There are so many things I've done in my life that has been, it's been an opportunity or sometimes just a glimmer of an opportunity that I've then had to go in and make the opportunity that don't really make sense for me. They don't really make sense to me personally or professionally, but I've just always had this rule that just say yes, because you just don't know what might come from it. Um, One I mean, thing leads to the other, doesn't it? It totally you never does. Know. You never know what will, what opportunity will come. And, and sometimes you go for things and you don't get it and maybe someone else has picked or whatever. But yeah, even fine. from that, something else will come. That's right. But whenever one door closes, the other one, another always opens. You're not always aware of even that door opening at the time, but it does. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Hold up. What was that? 
Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt-free. Hello, fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Well, that's exactly what happened with my TV career because after Gladiators, I, I'd wanted to be a dermatologist mm. prior to that. Um, but I decided I wanted to be a GP because that would allow me a little bit more autonomy in my work and flexibility to fulfil these other interests that I was developing. Um, so when I first moved to London to do GP training, I sort of tried to make the TV thing happen. I got an agent, um, I did a few bits here and there, and very, very nearly um, had commissioned a sort of prime time um, BBC, BBC One weekday show, which was about the human body yeah. with a very established, me with a very established BBC presenter. And we made taster tape and then another taster tape and it went to the commissioners and it got right to the top. And the, the commissioner... You almost taste it. You're yeah, like, and then the commissioner chose something else instead. And that was that. And um, all that work, that's what... Um, I guess when you're watching TV, perhaps unless you're in it, why would you if you're not? You don't see how much doesn't make it. Like exactly. every show you see, oh gosh, yeah. that, that show being there has butchered other shows and some of the other totally. shows that would, have been, would be fantastic. It just, yeah. What do they want at the time? How does it slot in with the other shows? Yeah. What is the opinion of that commissioner? Like, yeah. What are they interested in? Oh, you like, can have a so great much... idea and it can get all I've, the way I've to had, the top. I've had it with, with stuff and we've got like, this is solid, this is brilliant. I mean, it doesn't happen. and But that you, you kind of you've got to kind of roll with that a little bit. It's very different to medicine, though, where it's like a hierarchical... If you work Red towards something, you're, you know yeah, what's coming. You, know you, you work need to hard, do. you're you on to the next You need to do this one. audit, you need to do this paper, you need to speak at a few conferences, and then you get whatever on your yeah. CV, and you've got a chance to get the job. How did you deal the with that? Then when you kind of, And also, I would say, you know, you... Uh, and this is, I'm not for a second saying that you're a dinosaur, but you're an o, you're an o, you are an o, one of the OG, I would say, medics in what you did and what you've done. Uh, and perhaps media medicine has become more of a thing. And certainly, you know, since the pandemic, I noticed certainly online, yeah. so many more. There weren't that many doctors actually online, I don't think, even like from 2016, 2017, 2018. But then yeah. I think around the pandemic, a lot of people went online to also educate about, you know, COVID and things. And I think it's become more of a thing, if you yeah, like. Yeah, and rightly yeah. so, because we consume information in so many different yeah, ways and you now, need to be, we? you can't just be, a, you know, not that you can't be, but health, health isn't just, yeah, health now. isn't just restricted to the clinic room. Health no. is everywhere. And if you look at the, you know, what our roles of a doctor is, well, they the say GMC now, is about educating, supporting people and teaching about health broadly. So, yeah, how did you kind of, how did you kind of navigate that? And yeah. like kind of being like, oh gosh, I'm, I'm very public here and, you know, we have to be professional, all this kind of thing. Like, how yeah. do you deal with all that? Well, well, I think when I got that, the answer, no, we're not going to make this programme from the mm. BBC, I actually, I was okay with that. I thought, oh, but we nearly made it, so yeah. I'm onto something here and they know who I am. Well, then the second thing that happened was a programme that used to be on years ago was coming back on BBC mm. called Trust Me, I'm a Doctor. Mm. So when they were looking for four doctor presenters to present that, because of the first thing, mm -hmm. the commissioners knew about me, so they came to me to explore that. And again, I met with Michael Mosley, who sort of was the lead presenter on it, yeah. and we did some stuff, and they mm. came to my clinic, and I was a GP trainee at the time. 
So that was looking really promising. And then I got the no without really an explanation. Just like, no, we haven't gone with you. Yeah. These are our four doctors. Yeah. And that's that. And that's when it really knocked my confidence because I thought, okay, this isn't a commissioner chose a different program. This was commissioner chose other doctors, mm. not me. Mm. So maybe this isn't for me. And that's when I sort of diverted more into the, well, what, you know, what are my other interests and started the lifestyle medicine, physical activity stuff. But then exactly what you were saying, when a door closes, another one in the future potentially opens. Yeah. So four or five years later, two things happened in the space of a week. It was bizarre. So BBC were making a documentary about the science of hair. Um, they were looking for three scientists to present it. And they found two and they were looking for a third. And somebody said, oh, what about that girl with the afro? The doctor with the afro who was on the taster tape. So trust me, I'm a doctor, but they didn't choose her. So somebody remembered. Mm. So I had a meeting about maybe doing that. And then I saw a patient who was a four-year-old boy who was brought in by the grandmother. And grandma was saying she looks after him because her daughter works in telly. It's like, what's she do? She works on this morning. So as she was walking out the door, <laughs> I said, by the way, if your daughter's ever looking for um, new doctors for this morning. So then I had further meetings and on two days apart, I was booked to do the Horizon show and booked to do my first this slot morning. That's on this morning. Without me doing anything, it all came to me. Well, you um, say that though. I'd argue it like that you did. It was the law of intention, wasn't yeah. it? You did actually, like you did think, do you know what? Yes. I'm going to say this yeah. and just, and if you didn't, take that step forward. I know what you mean, yeah. things, the universe often, I, do, I don't know whether, it, whatever you believe, but- well, we're talking about like you, the secret type you, stuff here, aren't yeah, we? If you, like if manifesting. You, if you step in the, in a, you know, if you step towards north, you're probably gonna end up going, getting to north eventually, yeah. you know, and, and, and you'll, you'll, you'll find your way there. And I think when you kind of put out into the universe, this is what you want to do, things often do fall into place. Yes. Not immediately, and it's not like kind of everything opens up for you, but- yeah. You know, if you hadn't have been persistent there, if you'd just gone, right, I've given up, I'm not even trying, not going to say anything, it probably wouldn't happen, would it? Well, exactly. And when I was at medical school and you always chat to your mates, mm. like, you know, what type of doctor do you yeah. want to be? And somebody wants to be a surgeon, paediatrician or whatever. I didn't know, but I used to always say the same thing. And I didn't mean it. It was kind of a joke. But I said, I'm going to be a GP because then what I can do is work in GP clinic Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday. Thursday, I'll travel down to London, thinking I'd remain in Newcastle at this time. Friday, I'm going to go and sit on the sofa with Philip and Fern. It was back then. And then Sunday, I'll do Radio 1. Um, they used to have as doctors like surgery. And it's probably pretty close, And then come it? back. And I must have said that a hundred times, even though I didn't believe for yeah. one second. But then I think, had I not said that all those times, in that moment where Val, the grandmother, who's now a good friend, um, where Val was walking out the room, maybe I wouldn't have said what I'd said about if they're ever looking for new doctors and the mum as it turns out who was Emma who was the producer is now a really good friend and her second child the little boy's sister is my goddaughter so That's amazing. you know it's just it's amazing funny how, how things, things turn work, out right? how do you balance that all now with you know clinical practice and everything and you laugh because yeah. I know it's like that's the other thing of how do you, do you and especially again with the young family and things how, how do you and if you don't how are you going to manage that moving forward yeah, okay, well, that's a really, it's a bit, really... It's a tough question, perhaps. It's a really but... good question, and it's a really good question for right now, when actually the answer I'll give you will be, would have been a different one even if you'd have asked me last week. But um, I don't balance it, is the truth. And I think, I often, I often usually answer this by saying, 
I don't have a very good work-life balance, but I have a very good work-work balance because I do different things. I don't really see myself at risk of burnout because I have such an interesting work life that mm. is different every week. And, you know, I do my clinical practice. That's kind of my stable bit where I still work as an NHS GP. And I say still, that's because people often surprise. I always mm. intend to. Um, but one of the things that me and my partner Stuart have been discussing a lot over the past year is that how intentionally do we live and how much of our life is determined mm. by what we have to do. Um, the commitments kind of thing, the things that you kind of... Yeah, yeah. And with our little one, he's two and a half, you know, two years from now, he'll be starting school. So we kind of have this window of opportunity to really, you know, make the most of that mm. time we have with him. Mm. Um, but yeah, at the moment, he spends more time with his nursery teachers than he does with us because he's in nursery four days a week. And then it's only really at the weekends that the three of us spend time together as a family. So we've done a lot of evaluating, you know, does it have to be that way? Mm. And I think we're in a fortunate position that the answer is no. Mm. We can create temporarily, maybe a life for ourselves where we spend more time together as a family, outdoors, in nature, eating locally grown food, without too much stress, without as much noise, without so much transport around us and smog, and actually live a bit more intentionally. So we're leaving the UK. Really? Which is the first time I've said anything publicly, wow. actually. Wow. Um, well, thank you for, for sharing. <laughs> I mean, do you know, first of all, it's so refreshing for someone, I think also just, just in general in life, actually, it's really refreshing for someone to be so honest and say, actually, I haven't got the balance perfect, but we're going to do something about that, especially in a public eye, especially with all the things you do, Yeah. to be so honest about it. So thank you, you and know, for that. And I think there's also that, there's that gratitude. I'm so, like, so many people would kill for what I've got. I've got an incredible... But it's not ungrateful. It's not ungrateful. But, first, and, it? and it's like, and, you know... If anything, actually come, shows a lot of If it all goes wrong, I can, I can come back and we could pick up where we left off. But it's just, we, we wow. have this window of opportunity and I think if we don't take it, so much respect we'll always regret that. it. I do, re I really respect you for that. So where, where do you want to go? Have you decided or is, it, is that a... Well, that's the next thing, isn't it? You know, we don't, wow. we can't live, because of Brexit, we can't live in the EU. Um, but we do want to be based in Europe because if I'm in Europe, I can continue to work as an NHS GP, which is important to mm. me. So I do remote consultations. If I go beyond Europe, that becomes very difficult. Mm. Um, and I am going to be coming back once a fortnight to do this morning and, you know, to fulfill my other commitments here in the UK. So I will be back and forth quite a lot. Um, but as a family, we'll be based initially in Tenerife mm -hmm. um, until oh, our first three months runs out. And then we haven't really figured it out beyond There's that. There's something beautiful about that, though, isn't it? I feel like perhaps you're very similar to me also where, you know, it's nice having structure and things, but I think we're probably quite free, free spirits in the yeah. sense we want to kind of follow our interests and follow our intuitions, isn't yeah. it? And sometimes you do just have to go, do you know what? I'm just going to go for this. What was I said earlier on? Yeah. Like, what's that acronym you use? What's the, the abbreviation? JFDI. Just, exactly. Just, just fucking do it. Just fucking do it and see what happens, like... Because well, we Live started looking at so Stuart, uh, Stuart, Stuart. Stuart. Is that a new? Is that a new pet name? <laughs> Stuart has a Polish grandparent, so Stuart. There you go. There we go. There um, we yeah, go. Stuart's grandfather was Polish, so he can get a Polish passport. But we're not married. Um, there are certain visas I can apply for for the EU, 
But when we started looking at it all and started the process, it can take up to a year. And then, you know, by that go. point, it's not worth doing it. So just like, go it was and literally it, JFDI, let's choose a date. We've chosen one. That's so cool. We've booked a one-way flight. Do you know, loads of, we'll loads of the, the stompers out. now. Loads of you stompers are going to be like, right, I'm off as well. I'm but going. I think it's, I think hopefully, you know, we're going to start a, in fact, I'll start it before so this it's funny, goes when live. I said we'll start a new about, Instagram. So when I said, when I said, uh, I don't just quit your job and head off, that's basically actually what you're yeah, doing. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I but, love but, that. Not, very quite, good not quite reason. Like, I'm, I'm able no, no. to just about no, no, keep no, no. doing everything, Absolutely. keep everything ticking over. Um, and no, I will be back amazing. and forth. So the way I think about it is I'm kind of living across um, the two. But, but yeah, I think sometimes you just need to go for it. And if worst, absolute worst case scenario, we realise we've made a mistake, we'll just come back. There are not th that many things. There are things, but there are not that many things that you can't revert or you can't... You can't go back on there's lots of things yeah. in life that you can go back on if you decide it wasn't for you or you wanted to do differently or perhaps i actually yeah. you know i was happy with how things were i think living a life of regrets is, is the biggest thing or like yeah. I, I would i always my biggest fear is looking back and being hopefully 80 years old or whatever i'll be and going i actually regret this that, the other. i didn't do this didn't do that the other i yeah. really want to live my exactly. life and look back on my life and think I went for things and yeah. didn't get it right probably yeah. quite a lot of time but at least yeah. I went for rather look back happened. and think I made mistakes then I missed out because I didn't take, yeah, exactly. take a chance yeah that's a, that's a that's a great point to end uh, part two and uh, we'll see you all in part three very very shortly goodbye Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts, start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market.